Life Audio. The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right. This show is going to be epic. Because I got three of my good friends in studio, Sean McKeon, Wade O'Neill, and Christina, Christina Boudreau. Did I say it right? No, never. <laughs> no, you did. You got okay. it. You got it. Yeah. Okay. She's lying, but it's cool. All right. Hey, so tonight, let's talk about, uh, we got a bunch of questions that came in online. And, um, you know, I love doing these kind of shows because, you know, when you go to church, you go to get uh, disciple. They're teaching the mm-hmm. word of God. The pastor has a message that he's given for the people. And But there's always other questions that you have that don't get answered just because the format of, of church, right? So these, these uh, platforms to be able to talk about these questions in an open uh, dialogue with, with you know, bringing the scripture in and trying to make it sense with life application, this is why these, these shows exist. So I brought these guys in to break down some of these questions with me, and let's just let it rip. So the first question that we have from online, and, you know, I want to encourage you guys that you guys that are – Listening on YouTube or, you know, uh, follow us through social media, please DM us any questions or even any themes or anything like that. And if it's good and we like it, we will definitely be more than happy to to address it. This show is for you guys and we want to answer every question that you guys have. So every question is good. We will take anything um, because that's just the way we roll out here. So why is it that bad people always seem to succeed more than good people? That, that, that seems very true. Mm-hmm. You know, you see people that are just, you know, not walking with God. You know, you can even look at like, man, these people that aren't walking with God, look at what they're driving, look at the, the success, the money, you know, the, you know, I don't even want to say fame because fame is just only for certain people. It's very limited. Mm-hmm. But success being, you know, good in your job and, 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 and getting, um, you know, making money and, and doing well with your career, mm-hmm. it always seems like, Bad people are doing great, and you try so hard, and it's hard to be good, and then it's hard to succeed. Yeah. Why do you think that is? You know, I think a lot of it is perspective, right? Oh. So when you look at Psalm 73, and I think that's whenever you bring that up, I think we all go there right away. The way, actually, it looks like turn to it. Um, Asaph was like a worship leader, and he kind of got in this mode, and you can do it as a believer. You're like, Wait a minute, I look at the the prosperity of the wicked all around me. It seems like everything they do, there's no pains in their death. They have everything their hearts desire. But as for me, like I'm I'm falling after the Lord and I got nothing. I'm broke as a joke. And he actually goes a step further and says this, Surely I've cleansed my heart in vain, which means basically I'm walking after God and I don't get anything.
nothing in return. These guys curse your name. They do whatever they want to do, but they're driving these nice cars. They have these nice mansions. Everything's working out for them that I see, and I'm miserable, and I got nothing. And then it says, but then Asaph, he went into the house of the Lord, and there he remembered therein. Lord, he set them on slippery slopes, and in the end, it's an unstable foundation. Um, It's easy to get blinded by that reality. And that's why Jesus in the gospel even says that life does not consist of that which somebody owns or possesses. That's not it. Our world tells us that it is by those things that define you. Whoever dies with the most toys wins is a mentality that the world has. But it is a deception. Um, But also, let's talk about not just material things, life and death. Before you you get into that, I want to talk about material things first. Because doing business... Also, you know, when you when you start doing business, you start talking to people, they don't have the morals that you have either. So there's things that as a Christian, you have to have your morals and the way you conduct your business where a lot of people will lie, white lies or do whatever to do to close deals and get things done. Yeah. So a lot of people have profited through doing shady yeah. stuff. So, you know, and, yep. and then the Bible warns about that in Proverbs, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the path of destruction, you, you, people that go down that path are going to lead to destruction. So it may look all shiny and nice from the outside, like, oh, but look at them. But what did they do to get a lot of these things? Mm-hmm. There's been corrupt business deals. There's been some lying. There's been some cheating, different things. But that's temporarily the way they've come up. They, they've, they've got rich off of doing, you know, sketchy, lying right. business deals. Yeah, and you go to the Proverbs, like the Proverbs rebukes like dishonest scales. Yeah. So what that just means is like you're, you're trying to um, cheat somebody off yeah. of riches and, and finances. And it also says that uh, riches have a way of like um, flying off like an eagle, right? They, they don't last forever. And so the deception of looking at material riches and possessions as things that define you is always going to lead you into a place of, of despair, but what I was going to say is like, but there's other things that, and we can all jump in on this too, is like, I think the other area that people have a hard time with, not just the material things, why does a solid Christian loving person, they lose a son, they lose a daughter, they lose their wife. Like I, me and Wade, we do so many funerals. Yeah. Like I, I sat with a, a wife that was praying for her husband to be healed. He was in his early 40s. I knew him. He was part of this congregation. Got real sick. Looked like he was going to make it through. Got sick again. And she came and she just, Wade was in there. And she's just like hugging me and like praying for her. She's like, I can't live without my husband. Yeah. And in my heart, I just knew it was a grave situation. Hmm. And sure enough, three days later, he passes away. And, and one thing that I told her, like, and it's at this moment right now in your life where Satan will try to come in and try to distort the character of God in your yep. life, like he's against you. But this is where it comes back to us submitting to God as to being a faithful creator, because mm-hmm. he truly knows our first breath and our last breath, right? And if we believe in eternity and we believe that this world around us is temporary, whatever time stamp my life has, not everybody is destined to live 90 years old. And some are 15 years old, some 5 years old, some yep. 25 years old. I don't get to make that decision. You don't get to make that decision. But as long as we live on this earth, the main thing is, like, do we know Christ? Hmm. If we know Christ, then I know that when, as long as I live on this earth, I live for Christ. When I die, it's gain, eternity. That's why I say perspective is important because people can have all the riches in the world and be miserable. You read read my mind. Exactly. Like, it's all about perspective. Like, you may have, I mean, you may have, a little. I think I might have been talking to my dad about this at, at uh, breakfast the other day. You get there's people that have little, or maybe it was you, Sean, the other day. People have little, but they're they're peaceful. Mm. It was, yeah. I think it was someone about talking about the, the people that work on their house. Yes. Like the, was that yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. So like people that have little could have little, but they have peace and they're happy with their family. Mm-hmm. And then the people that have rich that that have all these toys, more money, more problems. That there's so much work and time and. Maybe they don't even have time to even be home with their family or even enjoy. A lot of people can't even enjoy these things mm-hmm. because you have to work so hard and constantly be closing deals to provide for this huge overhead. Mm-hmm. So it could look all fun and nice and shiny on the outside, but really just go talk, have a conversation with this person. You'll see if they are even happy. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. it's, all yeah. about, it's all about perspective. And we talked about that on a, 
on another show. It's, it's good to simplify your life and and you know work for what you what you want to live with, but mm-hmm. don't strive and be stressed out and look at what everyone else has. Like truly look inside of yourself. And what God's doing in and through you, obviously, because God's the one that's going to show you what to do with your life. But basically, look inside and see what you need and what you want to do to be happy. Don't strive for this other stuff because it, it, it's a never-ending. It's just a never-ending um, problem. You know, you'll never you'll never be happy with anything you get. So yeah. All right. So why is homosexuality such a big deal to Christians? And um, is if two people are happy and they found love isn't that okay so love wins why is it such a big deal in the church in the church well just because it's it's black and white in scripture you know not just in the new testament people will argue that it's a new testament um teaching but it's not i mean you look at sodom and gomorrah you look at the law in Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy about those who, um, men laying with men, women laying with women, and you you kind of see just this, um, I mean, we live in a culture that has so uh, veered away from a biblical view of love, and so when you say, like, man, if they love each other, it's okay, well, what is your view of love, I think is a real question, you know, so... I mean, I don't want to take this whole question. I'm sure Christina has some good things to say, but just put black and white. I mean, you look at multiple portions of Scripture. Um, the Bible says no homosexual will inherit the kingdom of God. And I think because it's such a hot topic right now and within culture, um, you know, we want to debate this as, like, homosexuality is worse than other sins. Yeah. In the eyes of God, sin is sin. Are there different repercussions to different sins? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, but why does it seem like the church is, is, is harping on it so much? Well, because I think it's such an accepted, it's such an accepted deception in the world Mm -hmm. that we live in. And we're raising children in this generation who are so open to that deception. And so, uh, to not talk about it and not teach on it. And the sad thing is like, they, you know, people that are part of that community or prescribe to that that viewpoint think that you're you're op- not open-minded, um, but then they don't want to be open-minded to hear, to even go through scripture, you know, and sit down with you, have a conversation, you know, and uh, let's talk about this and see that it's not coming from a place of hate, it's coming from a place of genuine concern. So yeah, yeah, Christina, you got anything to say? Or you want to take the next question? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think when we think of, you know, just homosexuality, just in general, like that's, you know, a big part of my testimony, you know, until I was 14 years old, you know, just struggling with same sex attraction, you know, you know, fell into watching like gay porn as a kid, you know, I was exposed to it, you know, because I was you know, sexually abused by like a, a female that was older than me. And that confusion was really brought on, you know, through being exposed to, you know, to that kind of pornography through, you know, what was done to me. And I remember just so like growing up, I honestly didn't know what I was. I didn't know if I was a girl and I didn't know if I was a boy. And I remember being in junior high and telling the Lord, like, I don't really, cause I, you know, I, I was in church and I was yeah. like, I don't fit in with the girls cause mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not girly enough. But I realized that a lot of, you know, the sexual abuse I experienced, it really stripped away a lot of my femininity and it caused me to hate feminine things. And that's oftentimes what happens with, you know, especially girls, if they've been, you know, like, you know, there's, it's always stems from trauma or sexual abuse. Like, so, you know, one in three boys, one in three girls in this generation are sexually abused, one in five boys, which is why you have a generation of kids that are so confused. Mm-hmm. So you have a girl that's, you know, sexually abused something by an older guy. She's like, well, I hate guys and now I'm just going to be a boy. And because of that, now I'm just going to start liking chicks because this guy broke my heart. You know, it's like this whole thing. And I remember as a kid just saying, okay, God, I don't fit in with with girls. I don't feel feminine enough. And Mm. it's easy to just hang out with boys. And I remember just saying, like, I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. And if I were a teenager then growing up in today's generation, I probably would have identified with being like, you know, they, it, them, you know, theirs, like all of these things. Mm -hmm. But it was really the Lord at that age that clarified to me and it was really God's word that restored my mind and restored that sexual confusion of really showing me like, Christina, you're a daughter and, you know, and I love you. And God really brought some amazing spiritual moms in my life that really, you know, used to kind of restore that femininity in my life. But 
you know, which is why now I'm like a huge advocate where it's like, no, like we look at Genesis, there was only male and female. There was no he, she, them, their, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it said that Eve was brought out of Adam, you know, and God's design, like God loves sex. He designed sex. He designed marriage. He designed sexuality and there was male and female. And it is the enemy really that has come to destroy that image. Like the, when you think of marriage and the gospel, the enemy attacking marriage is really the enemy attacking the gospel. Mm-hmm. He's g- trying to completely distort that image in churches who are not willing to stand up and talk about, you know, the truth of, of what that marriage is between a man and a woman are not standing up for the gospel. Mm-hmm. They are preaching a watered down gospel. If you're not willing to defend the gospel and to defend marriage, you are not defending the very thing that Jesus came to do. Like Christ, you know, he Christ pursued the church and that's what husbands are supposed to do with their wives. Mm -hmm. So I believe that churches who are not willing or people who aren't willing to stand on that truth, like, do you really believe in the gospel? You know, that leads us to our next question. Yeah. If Jesus was alive today, which he is alive, by the way, if he was here on planet earth, you know, in the flesh, Jesus was here on planet earth in the flesh today. Would he be saddened by the modern day Christianity? I feel like a lot of churches have lost touch with the gospel and are preaching what people want to hear rather than what they need to hear. Well, you know, talks about everything in Timothy. It talks about you know the, the itching of the ears. Mm-hmm. You know, like they'll just they'll speak the itching of the ears stuff, these fables and stuff, so people can hear what they want to hear. And you know what you know what we've seen even prior to the pandemic. There was like this little era of like all this like his, hipster, the hipster movement mm-hmm. uh, that started uh, coming up like around, I don't know, maybe how many years? What, what year was that? 2000, thousand, the 2000s, probably. 2000s, yeah. Going when I, when I got, 2010. Yeah, yeah. It started like erupting, but then it started, you know, these, these, these messages where there were all these little sound bites and stuff and there was just no power. I remember going to a couple of these, these, these conferences where these guys were speaking and I was like, what was that? You know what I mean? And it just it wasn't the the gospel. There was no sin. There was no repentance. It was just a, a bunch of uh, of good sayings, you know. And has the church <coughs> lost touch uh, with the gospel? Why do you think that people have gone in this direction and and not giving the, the raw gospel? Because, you know, there's like that seeker-sensitive movement. They don't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone's included. And, you know, we've kind of seen what was happening even with the Hillsong movement with that whole thing um, and all the stuff that's coming out there as someone's that were more seeker sensitive and, you know, having, you know, they had that New Year's party and they had the guy from New York in, in, in his uh, Speedos and uh, the guitar yeah. playing. Mm-hmm. And then one of my uh, friends that's an ex-gay guy was there <coughs> at that at that service and he was saying how um, – you know, he's like, I'm a gay, ex-gay guy, and I'm here, and I see this guy in his underwear playing the guitar. Like, I feel like I'm back at a gay club mm-hmm. doing a church service. So why is the church going down this movement? What do you, what do you have to say about that? And what would, would Jesus be disappointed? I think one of the things is um, a desire to be popular, you know, yeah. because Christianity, and it's true in a sense, is never going to be popular in mainstream world. It just, it just isn't. Why? It's going against the grain. Uh, Paul said, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God into salvation. The true gospel is an offense, and it is. It, it offends you of your sin. And so when you have teachers and pastors that want to fill their facilities— <clears throat> and, you know, they might uh, compromise, like, dealing with heavy topics. That's what's going to happen. And as far as would Jesus be approving or disapproving, I think we have in the book of Revelation <clears throat> the letters to the seven churches where you have not only that were they churches at that time in history, but it also gives us a picture of the church in the future as well, that there are some that they do good works and things are going well, but some that have left their first love. There's those that have gone through persecution and during while, but there are also those that are the compromising church. So in our world today, I think there, there are many things that are displeasing, and I think a lot of it is linked to acceptance for the world over being pleasing to God. 100%. 100%. And there's no power in that gospel anyway. The power in the gospel is to transform lives. It's being being transformed it's literally 
addressing the sin because the gospel is very black and white. When you hear the gospel, like John the Baptist, you know, who's saying, you know, repent of your sins, basically turn from their ways. Whatever you're doing that is not aligned with God's will with your life, stop doing it and turn. But the, the issue is a lot of people don't want to turn from their their sin. And Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you got to turn from your selfish ways. Pick up your cross. Yeah, I mean, even in the Gospels, and you can go far back as to the book of Judges, you know, God was always seemed like dissatisfied with the religious temperature of his people. You know, what was going on with within Judaism and the Pharisees, you know, he rebuked them multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, outside you're clean, but inside you're full of dead man's bones. And, you know, you draw near to me with your mouth, but your hearts are far from me. You know, in Ezekiel 6, verse 9, it talks about God's heart being crushed by their adulterous heart from departing from from his ways. And so would he be... I, I think, I mean, you look at what's taking place in the world around us. It is a As the church goes, so goes the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So is he dissatisfied with it? Yeah, for sure. Second Timothy 3, this is the verse. It says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome doc- teaching or doctrine. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Mm-hmm. There it is there. All right, cool. Next thing. Here we go. Um, can you be a Christian and still have friends that are in the world? Yeah, I, I definitely. I, I think that uh, the, the Bible says that we are not to be of the world, right? We, but we live in the world. When he talks about separation from people in in the epistles, he was talking in reference to those that claim to be Christians, but they are continually living a lifestyle of sin. He says that when you continue having like fellowship or, or hanging out with them, and they say that they're Christians, then you're kind of approving of the sin. But I certainly wasn't talking about those that were yeah. not of the that were of the world. Then you would have to leave. You know, then you'd be like you would never work in a place that didn't have Christians and stuff like that. That's just not a reality. So people that are saying that they're Christians, yeah. but their actions are not Christ-like. Yeah. But you hanging out. With them, you're basically approving of their life. Yeah, and I think that for as far as like friends of the world, I have so many friends that obviously we grew up with. I wasn't always a Christian, so that's all my close friends, family. They're not Christians, and that's how we are a light to them, an example. If I wasn't around them um, often or have some kind of relationship, how are they going to understand where I stand and have my faith? Now. It does mean that there are levels of that friendship that aren't going to be completely in harmony, right? Because when it comes to the the deep things of life, you guys are on two different plateaus, right? Um, And so it's being wise, but as far as having uh, friends, I have friends that that are definitely of the world, and I just pray for them, and I be an example to them. Some of my my best ministry is that of on the baseball fields with so many families, Mm -hmm. not all of them. Um, our relationship with God, the majority of them don't, but you gain favor. Like, and you, what happens with that after time, like God starts doing a work in their lives and you get opportunities all, all over. Otherwise, mm-hmm. how are you going to really be an example of the gospel in the days that we're living in today? So what does I have to say about that? You got anything to say? Yeah, you know, I mean, even, I mean, it's so simple, but last night, you know, my junior high girls on Wednesday nights, you know, I have the sixth and seventh grade girls. And that's literally the verses we went through is about being salt and light in the world, you know, and we, that's what we're called to be, you know, like, let your light shine before others. So they may see your good works. You know, you're a city set on the hill, like don't put your, you know, lamp under a basket. Like that's what we're called to be is to be salt and light in the lives of others. But like what Sean said, without compromise, you know, living a set apart life. And so, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's the it's the great commission, mm-hmm. you know. It's and now remember, here's another thing just to be clear, it's like you know, you don't want to when I gave my life to God, I decided I wasn't going to put myself myself in situations where I'm going to be at a house and everyone's just smoking weed and hooking up with chicks. Like I'm not going to be in that environment. Mm-hmm. Now, will I go see a band if it's at a bar or like a, you know, a concert venue or wherever and, and People, you know, the people drank there and stuff, but I'm not, 
I'm not like sitting around in circles where everyone's drinking and smoking for hours and hours. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going in, watching the band, saying what's up, and then, you know, my time to go. But I'm not just going to be hanging out for hours and hours and put myself in gnarly mm-hmm. situations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that all comes down to you guys see with the Holy Spirit where He leads and guides you in those environments. I go to the skate park, surfing with my friends, lunch, hang, I'd still hang out. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, not partaking and because especially also that if you're weak too, mm-hmm. you know, if you're just kind of, if, if you're just trying to get sober, you don't want to be hanging out in environments where you're going to get tempted. Mm-mm. Right. So you got to use wisdom and yeah, we should be connected to our friends, you know, our old friends and, and they're our friends, you know what I mean? So do it to it. All right. Here's another good one. Um, how many minutes we got? We got six minutes left. Uh, how do you present the gospel in environments like skate parks, schools, bars, in non-religious type of way? In a non-religious type of way, uh, it seems so crazy to think about about you guys going in and doing it so naturally. Well, Christina, you're you're out there. How do you how do you uh, what do you think about this question? You go out there presenting it in mm-hmm. in you know non-Christian. You're you're there at the skate park. You were at mm-hmm. public schools. Mm-hmm. How how do you do it? You know, I think there's, I love, you know, in Revelation, it talks about how, you know, there's just power, you know, in the word of our testimony, you know. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what we use, you know, when we go to the skate parks or schools or detention centers or prisons, you know, is just testimony. Mm-hmm. We use our testimony because people can't, and that's what I love about the Gospels is that, you know, it says that if everything that Jesus did were to be, like, written down, it wouldn't fill all the books of the world. But all the stories the Holy Spirit decided to highlight were these very personal stories, you know, of, like, you know, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, like, all of these things. And those are all testimonies that are still continuing today. And so when people hear a story of, you know, someone's life being saved from suicide, you know, or cutting or depression or whatever – they identify with that because that's exactly what they're going through. And from there it's, well, well, how it's Jesus and the gospel. And, you know, that's how you present the gospel and people identify with testimony, you know? And so that's a big way that we do it, you know, and mm-hmm. through testimony, we share the gospel and it just kind of goes right into people's hearts. And from there, you know, we get them plugged in, we get them discipled, but that's a, a big way that we do it. You can't, you can't deny testimony. Right? Yeah, because a testimony is it's literally it's simple. It's your story of who you were, yeah. how you found God and then what God did. Mm-hmm. And that's undeniable and they can take it or not. And, and the reality is, if it's a true story, mm-hmm. it's real, then it's going to relate to people because humans are humans yep. and they're going through uh, the same stuff. Um, I actually got to recently uh, speak in a bar. I had Head and Sonny spoke. They told their stories. And then I just went up and started with the, the message of um, uh, Jesus uh, hanging out with notorious tax collectors, mm-hmm. and and the and and I actually got to tell a Jesus story in yeah. the bar because I was like because I was like you know who 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 is Jesus? Let me and I said let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you a story about Jesus. And I actually read it off the Bible app, like what that story was. He was hanging out with many ta- many sinners were amongst Jesus's crowd, and I'm in a bar, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I said, you know, I started talking about the tax collectors, how they would be like the wolves of Wall Street, you know, because they were ripping people off, making money, you know, getting drunk, hooking up with girls, you know, doing their thing. So I painted this whole picture of Jesus hanging out with these like notorious sinners in this environment, and and I'm like, so this is the so the Jesus that you guys may, you know, have been presented. This is the real Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. So people's minds were blown, like they probably never even heard it like that. And then I got to talk about him dying on the cross for this forgiveness of sins. And I just led him through the gospel. And, dude, we saw all kinds of people got saved. I just posted a picture about it. But I actually got to teach a message about Jesus, who the Jesus of the Bible was. <clears throat> and when you talk about who the Jesus of the Bible was, and I told him about him putting all the religious leaders on blast and calling them hypocrites and fools and blind guides. And these are like the religious people. And people were loving it. Like people love the, the Jesus of the Bible. You know, when you actually present the Jesus of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But going back to that American Christianity stuff, like that's not the American Christianity, Jesus, that's not relatable, Mm-mm. you know, to who Jesus truly is. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you just, you just, pre- you just gotta be in tune to God and see what God leads. Like when I was there, I was like, God, what can I say 
in this place because there's going to be testimonies told here with Sonny and Head. But I'm like, what can I do to bring, you know, even the gospel message here that's even relatable to this, mm-hmm. this scene? And I just mm-hmm. thought of the Wolves of Wall Street, like the notorious sinners. Because, you know, when, when you're getting drunk, you're going to do some crazy stuff, mm-hmm. regardless, even if you're a good guy. <laughs> yep. Sooner or later. Right, Sean? Uh, <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> I won't talk about Sean in his past. Um, I won't talk about that uh, uh, streaker uh, Halloween outfit that he wore. You actually, were you here at the church wearing that? No. No, <laughs> no but not that you were streaking people, but during, during that time when we were going out, because uh, I remember when yes. we were going out for Halloween one uh-huh. time, when we yes. were walking around, yes. we ended up here at the church. I didn't wear that. No, I didn't wear that. I did not wear that. Did I? I hope not. We ended up here at the church because we were going to LA or going somewhere, and we ended up here doing. I don't know why we ended up here. We do we're here doing something. Came by Camp Julie real quick. Yeah, I came by. Hey, look. Oh man, so funny. Crazy, crazy times. Okay, so I sure the, hope I didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I know X was here in his in his fat suit. Oh, then maybe um, I was. And I'm not going to talk about what that fat suit actually was. Uh, here we go. Um, was Jesus a party animal? Okay. It seems like he was the life of the party and even turned water into wine to keep the rager going. Oh, shoot. We're at break. Okay, cool. Thanks for uh, reminding me, guys. We have 30 seconds left. So um, we're going to continue these questions. But go to YouTube. Click subscribe. Go to uh, the Whosoever's website. Uh, book the whosoever's have come out. Christina has a new, um, a new project uh, coming out of the whosoever's. It's going to be a girl project ministering to girls. Contact us. We'll tell you more about it. Book her to come out wherever in the world or the nation, and we'll be back in two minutes right after the break. Peace. More of the Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. So we've been here in California and the pandemic shut everything down. Around the world, people are afraid and on edge. I thought it'd be a good opportunity for the whosoever's to be active and doing ministry in this time right now. Since everything's shut down, Idaho's open, so that means we can give the gospel out and reach as many people as possible. We came up with 10,000 flyers, 100 posters, and I just charged it to Idaho. Every whosoever's trip is completely insane. Life-changing. Guns, God, fireworks, <laughs> the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going down. Skateboarding. I missed it. He came up to me and he's like, dude, what happened tonight was crazy. I've been to youth group, I've been to church, but I've never experienced what happened tonight. And I said, shut your mouth, dude, okay? And I said, wait till the camera gets here. <laughs> Yeah, now I went from tour mode to daddy duty, so this is going to be interesting. <laughs> You're like, why am I here? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening? Sometimes there's not answers to that. During this time of coronavirus, when everything's been put on pause, a lot of people were left to look in the mirror of asking themselves, who am I? Who am I without school, sports, you know, social media, friends, and all of these hobbies? God cares about the smallest details because he has a plan and he has a purpose for everyone's life. That's the message we share with the youth of the nation and of the world. He loves you and he has a plan for every detail of your life. And if you're willing to step out by faith, well, you're gonna watch God do the impossible. Keep coming, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is why I came. We're saying there's best trick contest happening. The city doesn't know. No one knows. We don't even know if we're going to get shut down. But as far as I'm concerned, came up with the idea. God confirmed. So I just left and we went to Idaho. Same place. Not again. All right, it's going down. All right, you guys ready for round two? Let's go. Here we go. Coming in hot. Was Jesus a party animal? It seems like he was the life of the party and even turned water into wine to keep the rager going. 
Who wants to take this? Well, I think Sean would do well with that. Mr. McKee, that's a funny question. I, I want to know who. It sounds like a definitely a stoner asked that question. <laughs> but um, <laughs> or it's from a comedy skit. It, 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 when I hear that, it sounds like a, a comedy skit. Um, was Jesus the life of the party? It just again, it it goes into what you you perceive life of the party, rager, all the kind of terminology you use today. You know, when you look at like the the, the first miracle he did, that's what he's referring to yeah. in in there of Cana of Galilee. You know, the wine is is a picture of joy for sure uh, in the Bible, and for for Jesus doing that miracle in the time of a celebration of a wedding was just that. As far as being a rager, like what we would perceive as, I think with Jesus there was genuine joy. There was peace of God's Holy Spirit working in his life, and that emulated in everything that he did. You know, I, I, in our world today, when you're talking about rager, somebody's like kind of out of control, just like you know, um, off kilter and stuff. I don't think it's the right terminology to throw up, but no doubt. <laughs> I don't think a bunch of religious Jews were having a rager. Yeah. Well, is every wedding a rager? <laughs> no, right. So, I, I mean, I think the, I guess it'd be proper to break down, like, the typology of that f- first miracle. Yeah. Um, and the significance of it being um, at a wedding. And obviously the, the, the stone water pots were a typology of the law, which is old and rigid. Mm-hmm. And turning the water into wine was a type of just the new covenant, mm-hmm. you know. And so... That's as far as I'll Yeah, they weren't that. doing cake stands and so. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there, I, I run cake stands. Hold <laughs> on. What in the heck was going on here? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I think I'm going to take this perspective. Yeah. You know, people are always trying to justify getting their little drink yeah. on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Jesus made uh, water into wine. He did do that. The scripture talks about, you know, you know, be not, be not drunk, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So it, t- it clearly talks about not being uh, drunk. Even in Timothy, it talks about, you know, the, the elders should not uh, be drinking strong drink or have much drink. Mm-hmm. I think whatever, there's different translations that says that. Um, I personally like the John the Baptist stance, the, the Nazarite. You, um, you remember that uh, conference you were at? It's like a youth conference years ago. <laughs> yeah. Right, and it's like we're all these pastors debating, young pastors, how how much can you drink, or can you drink, or can you not drink? And then I think you you just said like, are we really talking about this right now? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We did. I stood up, and everyone was like, and that was when I was first new on the scene. I was like, Mm. who's this guy? What's he saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we were wasting our time um, (laughs) um, talking about it. My best, the best stance I would take is that don't do anything. That will cloud the connection to God or to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I'm not just talking about a drink. It's it's you know, when people start talking about drinking, I, I I take it to a whole another level. Like, what is in your life that's clouding? What's the noise that's in mm-hmm. your life? It, it has nothing to do with drinking. Is it is it this like sexual like drive? This addiction? Mm-hmm. Is it is it this anger that's that's coming in? Is it you know is it this this career? Is it money? Is it um, music you're listening to? You know, is it is it uh, re- bad relationships? What is it in your life that is consuming your mind and it's clogging the connection and giving you a fuzzy connection to what God wants to do? It's it's everything. And you know, going back to the the, the alcohol thing, uh, you know, you drink a beer, I get buzzed. You know, if I drink a beer, I'm buzzed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting you know my bill. My I'm starting to feel like a little funny. And that definitely clouds my connection, so I choose not to even mess with that. I want to be sober-minded. I want to be clear. I want to be, I want to be in tune. I want to be focused. Um, I want to be creative. You know, that's that's my whole, my whole thing, and that's that's the best way to, uh, to live your life. And you know, the joy of the Lord. You know, you have the joy of the Lord, and it feels good to be on point. You know, and not not off track. So. Um, let's see what else, what else? Uh, what is the biblical stance on gun control? Is it bad for Christians to own them? Everyone should buy guns. The whole reason why we are not Australia right now and going into lockdown and uh, Quebec and all these places that the government has full control is because they don't got guns. We have guns, so we have freedom. 
And this is a good thing to have guns. And you never know what's going to happen. Someone might break in your house. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you now. I got kids and I got a wife. And if someone comes in and tries to harm them or sexually assault or do anything, that gun will be going off. Because mm-hmm. there's no way anyone's going to do anything to my family over my dead body. So guns are, you know, a good thing. And plus they, they use them for sport too. What do you guys think about guns? No, for sure. I think um, self-defense, right? Like, yeah. that's biblical. You know, there was the time when Jesus sent the disciples out. He had swords. Yeah, then he said, I told you before, do things this way. Now you go out, have a sword. It, and that was a, a weapon of defense for sure. And so we see that. I think what people do is they they take things from this complete soft stand. Oh, Jesus said, t- you know, turn the other cheek. So just let somebody beat you down and. Shoot you, kill you, and you know you can't really defend yourself. In the that, garden, that, that's not biblical. In the garden of, in that garden of Eden, in the, in uh, the garden of Gethsemane, if I recall right, crazy gangster Peter pulled a knife out of someone's tunic yeah, yeah, yeah. and started charging the boy. You know, yep. started yep. getting down. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, it's it's good to have. Uh, and conceal carry, you know. There's so much crime and stuff going on in the world nowadays. I think like, this is the best time to be carrying to protect yourself and others in case something goes down with everything that's going on. I mean, it's getting crazy out there, you know. And you got to learn how to use it. It's not you just have a firearm and you're walking around with it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a it's a piece that is used for for security and safety. And people should. I mean, right now in Beverly Hills, I don't know if you've been reading the news, but yep. in Beverly Hills. The gun stores are getting flooded because people, getting people are getting – yeah, they're getting robbed. They're getting bulletproof vests. That they're mm-hmm. not bulletproof vests. Bulletproof glass okay. in their cars and their houses because mm. it's getting crazy now because mm. all the soft laws and everything that's going on in New York now, they've just softened the whole crime thing. Yeah. Like, you know, they're just – it's turning into the Wild West. So protect yourself. I would highly suggest that. Yeah, guns don't kill people. People kill people, right? Yep. Even in the story of like Cain and Abel. I mean – Yep. With a rock, right? So it's in the heart of man. But you got to protect yourself. Absolutely. Um, what else? What else do we got? Um, can a Christian woman identify with today's feminist movement I- ideologies? I got you. No. Yeah. No. Why? So when you, I was just talking with Tiana about this in the back. Today's feminist movement, like even I was talking to Tiana about this. When you look at like even fashion today, yeah. everything when you walk into like H&M Forever 21, like all the men's clothes are trying to make men look like women, right? Mm-hmm. And all the women's clothes are trying to make women look like men. Mm-hmm. And like the whole feminist movement is completely stripping kind of going back to the whole like you know you know homosexuality question it's trying to strip women of the femininity and the beauty that God has given them you know it's trying to strip them of their place and trying to make them take on the role of a man and it's trying to you know dumb down men to make them into like women and it's so incredibly sad but one thing that i love about like i love the example that even like your mom you know has you know where she is just a beautiful radiant woman who has who's surrounded by like men in her life that that allow her to do what she does you know like I can only do what I do because of the men in my life and it's like I don't want to be like a man you know like and a lot of the feminist ideologies now are trying to make women into men but women were never meant to act like men look like men take on men's roles like that's why women are not pastors you know because when you look at christ you know it's like christ is ahead of the church you know and there there's a there's a system that christ set up because you know even biblically women are the weaker vessel in the sense of like you know when you see like a glass as a vessel versus like a clay pot like women are and there's a vulnerability there that when the feminist movement is trying to make women into men they're putting that vulnerability of women and they are making them into men and and all these women that are trying to be men are all women that have broken past that hate men Mm -hmm. and it's so sad because it's raising a generation of women that hate men when really God has called us to to love our brothers and to you know reverence them and to and to respect our fathers in the faith, and so even when I look at some churches where like women are like head pastors, I'm like that that's so out of balance, you know, it's so out of balance, it's so out of order, and I can rest 
in what I do in in ministry and what I do with in my life because I have so many amazing men and fathers in the faith that believe in me and I would never want to be a man because that's just like too much, you know. So um, yeah. a lot of these um, women or stories that I've heard from these uh, feminist yeah. style women, they have these you know big careers. Yeah, you know I don't need no man. I'm doing it myself. I'm gonna yeah. and, and they have massive careers. I know several of them. Mm-hmm. But what happens is the common story is that later on in life they have these massive careers, you know, making mm-hmm. close to you know two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand dollars a year, and um, just living it up. Got the multiple houses, you know, the whole thing, oh. and they're like, "I have no family. I can't. All the guys are, you know." You try shopping for a guy when you're, uh, you know, when you're in your 45, 50 years old. Right. You know, there's not much left at that yeah. point. And then, and then, you know, they can't even have kids because they're too old. You know, yeah. so now there's the repercussions of like buying into this, this, this lie mm-hmm. of just going out and doing this thing, and you don't need anyone. Well, sooner or later, it catches up because it's been catching up to everyone. Or they just become. You know, I was in Palm Springs at this hotel, and I was with this. We were in the jacuzzi with my kids, and and. They were irritating these other girls that were there, and, and as, as I started talking to them, they were like, "Oh no, no!" They were like full on like feminists, you know, and they were just over kids, and they're just all about the career. But they were miserable, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So you got to watch out. There's always side. It looks all pretty and you know like cotton candy on the outside, but at the end, it's gonna make you sick, and you're not gonna be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, why is it so bad to dabble with crystals, stones, horoscopes? It's definitely trending in my high school right now. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. That's actually interesting that the crystals have finally invaded the high schools. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it was a Hollywood thing for a while. You know, over the last 10 years, I remember seeing it over and over. Um, but so now it's... It's all over children's cartoons and everything, that's too. That's why. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, and again, this conditioning. Yeah. Like, sometimes I got to be careful because I'll, like, sit down with my kids. And, like, we, obviously, my wife and I censor everything they watch. Yeah. Um, but you kind of like train them to be able to see through the, the deception of things. I remember uh, Frozen 2 was on TV and I was like, new age, all of it. And I was like on this rant, you know, and my wife's like, dude, can you just chill for a minute? But I'm like, to me, I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. all this. It's, it's, it's the same agenda. I know. You know what I mean? I all over, all over everywhere. And, uh, yeah. Why is it bad? Was the question. I think it's like this. Yeah like opening of a door and like normalizing like demonology, the demonology and like the angel they use it new age yeah demonology. and the bible says that that satan transforms himself into an angel of light i heard this testimony recently of this girl this woman who's saved now but um she was a when she was a young girl really young girl maybe in her like early early teens maybe 13 years old she went to a uh, sleepover and they were had crystals and they watched some witch movie and in this movie the, these witches were quote unquote good witches and she's like well I, I want that power to help people and that's how it started but then she went on to like full on the occult and demonology and mm-hmm. it was just an open door that opened when she was really little mm-hmm. because of an abusive past and some insecurities she had and she wanted to have some control in her life and it just destroyed her life she ended up homeless and on drugs and just because of her dabbling mm-hmm. in this from a really young age that something that looked harmless would mm-hmm. give her power for good and then ended up destroying her life mm-hmm. and so like as a parent you know I have, I have three daughters and you're like Man, this world is so enticing, and it's in all through Disney, all through everything else, all over the place. It's just all over the place, and it's almost like overwhelming. Like, how do you, you know, because you don't want to continue to tell your kid you can't do this, can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. But it's like, man, Lord, help us to to teach them effectively, so that they can make their own decisions at some point. Two things. So, practical. Um, Stones, like when you look up the chakras or any of that stuff, just you look online or even new age stuff, they use the stones. They mm-hmm. place the stones on the body, up and down your back, or you know, so so this is what these stones are used for. Now we know that God created everything, but they are using these these stones to do witchcraft or magic. Now what happens with new age and the connection to the stones is new age 
a lot of new age people, they astro travel. So when you're astro traveling, your spirit is leaving your body and now you're in the spiritual realm, which where the demons are and stuff. And you're astro traveling, you're leaving your body, you're floating around and you're in the demonic realm. So they're using these stones to, you know, it's part of new age. And the goal with new age is to be able to astro travel and other things. So it's used for witchcraft and even with um, Wiccans. Hmm. Wiccans is white magic, right? So you can look that up as well. And they use the stones or into like the natural trees and earth, mother earth and all that kind of stuff. Now, also, as we're talking about witchcraft stuff, I just watched this video. It's about three years old. Um, it's on YouTube. It's called um, Ariana Grande, Deal with the Devil, um, the, the, the Grand Deception. Um, I was just watching half of this video. I don't know who did it, but you could watch it. But it's pretty interesting because, you know, when it comes to YouTube stuff, I don't really care what the people are saying, like the commentators, you know. I care about what the actual real content is. Mm. What am I watching of the artist? What is the artist saying? What are the what are the TV shows she's on? What are they saying? What are the interviewers? Like, what are those people saying? And I was blown away to see what I was watching. And basically what happened is um, she talks about uh, in an article that how she uh, visited a cemetery. And basically uh, when they were there, the car, they felt this... Um, forget this feeling they felt like hopeless. She said they felt like this hopelessness feeling or something. And the car smelled like sulfur. And then they apologized to the, to the devils, you know, or the demons or the spirits, you know, for interrupting them. And then ever since then, she said that the demons, like she's saying this in a, in a, in a, in uh like this, I forget what magazine, one of these huge music magazines she's saying this in, in. and she's saying that she said the demons followed her home and she saw this big black shadow of this creature in her room and she's having all these demon encounters. Then it shows her another video clip of her holding these two. Like, you know, have you ever seen those wands when they work with supernatural people? They hold these two wands, and that's how you communicate with the dead. Mm-hmm. You just, it's like, it, it looks like an L shape, but they hold the one hand, and then the other two bars stick out, and they start moving. And right when she puts them in her hand, they start moving back and forth. And she's like, whoa, whoa. Like, mm-hmm. so she's opening herself to the stuff. And then she did this video at the Music Awards, and it talks about her being a woman god and the scene is it was like on the music awards and it, it it's the last supper of christ and it's her mm-hmm. and it's all all the disciples are all lesbians dude it's insane i never even caught this i didn't see this music awards Gosh. but this video that i sent you guys today i don't know if i sent it to you but you i'll send it you resend did. it i was blown away so going back to storms horoscopes all this stuff horoscopes and all that that, that all that uh, star worship that's all the way back in second um second chronicles uh king manasseh's reign you can read about that they were doing that stuff um they had the idols in the in the temple worshiping astrology they were did divination they had mediums there that's where you have the demon inside of you and they're they're speaking to the dead or whatever so all there's nothing new under the sun Basically, to answer your question, this opens the doors. And if you don't believe the Bible, go watch this video and go look up Ariana Grande, okay? It's there. So she is not a Christian, and she has opened herself up. And now she's being harassed by these by these demons. Yeah. And you Unreal. know, Ryan, like— I'm going to send this to you guys. Even with, like, the witchcraft, like, I lived with a family member who was in higher up, higher up witchcraft for about two years. And— you know, witches, like, you know, even when you look at the temptation of Christ, right? Satan was like, you know, if you were to bow down to mm-hmm. me, right, then I'll give you all this power. And when you look at, like, the power, you know, that the Holy Spirit gives us, it's a submitted power, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is God's, like, spirit in us, right, when we pray for the sick or whatever. Mm-hmm. But with witches, everything is about wanting that power for themselves, which is everything that Satan wanted. Like, Satan wanted to be like right. God. Like, he wanted the fame and the glory, which is why he was kicked out of heaven, you know, with all his crew. And so like with witches, everything that they want with their witchcraft is all about wanting that power. But even with this family member that was heavily involved in witchcraft, like higher up blood animal sacrifice stuff, it's like really weird. Um, cause I would look at like all the books this family member was into and I was like, yo, this is deep dude. Um, and they go to the mountains and do the whole like shindig. It's like crazy. But 
everything. But at the end of the day, when I would walk by this family member's room, you know, before I would go to sleep at night, there was such a loneliness and and an emptiness that I sensed in their life. Like behind all that witchcraft, behind all that power, behind all of that was just a, a lonely, empty soul that is just trying to fill that emptiness with darkness, which is why so many of these witches think that they're going to find peace and comfort and and longing and all of that through witchcraft you know through that power but really the holy spirit is the only one that can satisfy us you know and so to my encouragement out there to all of the young people or people that are thinking that the darkness or these crystals or this lifestyle of the new age is somehow going to give you peace and comfort and purpose like you will only experience emptiness at the end of the day it is only through Christ and his spirit that you will find true peace. 100%. Yeah. Um, the next question, it's funny you said that because yeah. going on, it's the next question yeah. says, I have a friend who called herself a white witch. However, yeah. she claims that she only puts good spells on people. Is there a difference between white magic and black magic or is it all the same? At the end of the day, it's all the same because it's all leads to Satan, but the best way I can explain white magic and black magic is you have soft porn and hardcore porn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just the, it's just packaged different. It's just a light, it's just a lighter package different, mm-hmm. but it's all porn at the same, the same thing. I actually met with a witch. Mm-hmm. I just remember when we were talking about witches, um, I was in with the witch in, um, Texas at the R, uh, it was this event we spoke at, at the R, we just released it on YouTube. But after this guy brought this witch, to me and I was talking to her praying with her and the whole thing and I just dude it was just this presence around her and she was miserable she was str- okay here so witches have power right well she, she, she was cool like we got to talk and you know because we we're introduced through friends so the door was open mm-hmm. for a conversation but she basically has uh, her, her three her two husbands have got her, her two husbands have died she lost two husbands her last boyfriend just got murdered two weeks before that. She's addicted to drugs and alcohol. So I think she's like an addicted alcoholic. Mm-hmm. She's miserable, hopeless, strung out, and yet. And I'm like, but you're a witch, you know, you're, you're you dabble with witchcraft and all this stuff, and witches, but you're miserable. Like God loves you, and she goes, oh, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus mm-hmm. because she she believes, you know, they all believe in Jesus, they but they don't believe he's the Son of God. You know, but here she is. Yet she's a witch. She has powers or whatever, but yet she's just miserable mm. and empty. And that's what Satan wants to do. He promises you power. You get to do a couple two couple cool tricks, but then at the end of the day, mm. you're just miserable and hopeless. And it's all the same at the end of the day. So I want to encourage you all. You guys go after Jesus. He loves you to death, the death of the cross. He wants to empower you. He wants to use you. And read the word, study the Bible. I mean, all these things that we're talking about, you'll learn all the stuff as you, as you go through the scriptures. Um, send us your questions. We want to hear more questions. Uh, anything, subjects, questions. These are all really epic. Uh, really good questions. Really good questions. Let's keep this flowing and tell your friends about the YouTube channel. Go to Ryan Reese on YouTube. Click, follow, and watch more of the videos. Um, book us. Uh, the whosoever to come out. Speak at your church, youth group, bar, uh, skate parks, anywhere where people concerts, anywhere where people are. Christina has a new uh, initiative with the Whosoever's. It's a, a girls conference. You want you want to give a little uh, a thirty minute snippet on what you do so people can book minute. you thirty seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> so um, we're launching these one night um, girls events called Dead Hearts Arise, and it's going to be like a one night girls event. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, we do a lot of co-ed stuff, you know, but there's a lot of stuff that girls go through that we can only talk about in a girls setting. So it's going to be a one night girls event. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be promoting it soon. So book us. Book We're, ex- we're excited. Nationwide. Yeah. Even out of state. We'll get mm-hmm. you a translator. Yeah. And it'll be awesome. Dude, you should go to Mexico and do this. Yes. Like down to, I'm going to be doing a trip down there. Maybe we could set something up or we fly in, but it'd be cool to do it at this church that we, wait, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, let's go. At his church. Yo. Yeah, but, yeah I'm down. Uh, we'll talk let's after go. the show, let's for go. show, for show, for show. All right, Wade, let's thank go. you. Yep. Sean McKeon, thank it was, you. It was epic. What's cracking at, at Diamond Bar? We got uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, there's always stuff going on. If you want to, just follow us at uh, carrygs.org um, on the website, but also follow us on all the social media, carrygs, and also Somebody Loves You with, 
with Raul does all the stuff. We do a lot of shows with Raul, so check all that stuff out. Get there. All right. And remember, at the Whosoever's, we have epic products. We got cool socks. We got some sick slip-ons, the Prey Hards. We got t-shirts. We got a whole new girls line of stuff. We got skateboards. We're selling skateboards like crazy. We just got a whole new batch of skateboards. So get there. Get connected. Support. Rep the movement. And uh, you know what? Just live for Christ, man. It's, it's cool times, and the harvest is ripe. We love you guys, and we will talk to you guys next week. Later. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's Word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's word, listen to the spirit and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.